everybody. Thanks for joining us today. My name is Dan Kapersky, and today we have uh, our usual wonderful co-host and a special guest. Otto. <laughs> but who <laughs> are the co-hosts, said one of the co-hosts. <laughs> Longboard expert Blake here. Randall. And? Otto. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I was about to ask if it's, uh, it's a mystery guest. Who, <laughs> who could it be? <laughs> it's all good. Awesome. So the other day we were hanging out and we decided to, um, we first explored the idea of watching a Sean Connery film. And then we said, well, let's do James Bond because those are all classics and some of them are mm-hmm. kid friendly. And then we looked and we're like, oh, but wait a second. There's a James Bond film that some of us hadn't seen before. And we're like, oh, and it's about space. Let's do it. So we watched Moonraker, which... With- is it incredible? Bowie. Yeah, David <laughs> Bowie. It, it it was a really fun experience. We had some really interesting good food and some good beers. Oh, I, yeah, I want to say food. yeah, we had food just before our uh, co-host mm-hmm. Randall made oh, some yeah. really made awesome food. That for was us. delicious. Thank it was really you. yummy. Thank you, enchiladas. Yes, Mm-mm. and chicken, and chicken for the kiddo. <laughs> yes, yep, all yummy. As you you might know, uh, Moonraker stars Roger Moore. It came out in 1979. It was a film. That, as you know, James Bond travels around various places around the world. And this time he goes to space at the end of the film, too. So it's really cool. In Earth's orbit. He does not go to the moon. But You, you know, had, you had Moonraker, I kept asking, so they take care of the leaves on the moon. That's yeah. cool. When does that scene come up? <laughs> <laughs> so it was, it was very fun. So yeah. during the, uh, the course of the film, we enjoyed a couple of beers and our special youth correspondent Otto enjoyed some most excellent colored beverages with us. What were excellent. they? Excellent. <laughs> 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 they really good. What were they? What um, I had some kind of clear kind of soda. Cream soda. Yeah, cream soda. Yeah, cream soda. Jones? Jones soda. Yeah, Jones They're based soda. out of Seattle, yeah. I think. Yep. Oh, They're cool. sort of local. They have really cool stuff on their bottles. They're amazing, and it's natural. Pro- it's a natural product. Yes, it's soda pop, it's sugar, but it's flavored naturally, and they're supposed to be pretty good for you. I went crazy for the clear one. Yeah. The clear one was Ooh, pretty good. It was super nice. Young. It's like a soda mania over here. Yeah, <laughs> it was. While we were watching this film, a, a few things stood out. A, it took place during the space craze post-Star Wars era, so mm-hmm. space opera, 2001 A Space Odyssey. Uh, they actually, some of the... Tr- uh, notes that I read about the film talked directly about how they designed some of the set pieces and some of the, like the space station design was based off of 2001 A Space Odyssey, or not based, but inspired by it. So yeah, yeah. really, really cool and amazing. So what did, I, I liked it. I like all Bond films. There isn't a bad one that I know of. I was expecting a very cheesy, kind of hokey Bond going in. I've heard the Roger Moore ones are a bit sillier. And I had a blast. This movie was great. Chase scene, gadget display, Bond seduces the lady, chase scene, new location, chase scene, Bond seduces the lady. It had all the elements you need. Yeah. And, and he did. He got busy everywhere. And this one had <laughs> Jaws in it. Richard Keel, everybody. Yeah, Richard Keel, very, very famous guy, really giant. He was like a, I think, a professional wrestler. He was seven foot two. He's a giant dude. What, he's seven foot two? Yeah, the guy yeah. who played Jaws, who you think looks like, what's his name from The Goonies? What, what's that guy's name? Sloth. Sloth. <laughs> he looks a little slothish. Yeah. He was kind of the sloth of this movie. Yeah. He was seven foot but, two? Yeah. yeah he's, he's a big, a big man. Big he was great in, uh, in Happy Gilmore. Oh, right, yeah. <laughs> Mr. He Gilmore made the, that uh, shot no more, less than an hour ago. <laughs> <laughs> he plays the, the caddy, right? No, he's just a big scary dude who supports uh, oh. Happy and doesn't like Shooter McGavin. Yeah, yep. <laughs> scary. While he does get chased by 
and captured a few times. Um, yeah, everyone's trying to kill Bond. Everyone's just was going after him. It was like he couldn't walk down the street. He couldn't do anything. Everyone's just going after him. He got no love. This is how not to kill a spy, essentially. Basically. It's all chase. All make, chase. make sure you yell a lot before yeah, doing your... Yeah. your Sam, what was it a sword? I don't even remember what weapon the guy used when yeah. they smashed all that that glass. I, the gondola thing, though. Okay, so yeah, so they they, cool. they set it up. There's like, here, and this bowl's worth a million dollars. And then no more than five minutes later, the fight scene goes into the room that has the bowl, and they break all the glass. And traditionally, a lot when you have a glass scene like that, the glass is actually spun sugar, mm. the mm-hmm. so it doesn't cut you when you. Because these guys, it was a single take. There were no retakes. As you watched the fight scene, yeah, yeah, there were very few camera changes. So it was a lot of them falling into and falling through furniture and glasses and stuff. And of course, obviously, they they were able to do it without stunt doubles because it's all it's a just wood that's made to break apart and then yeah. sugar, which isn't going to hurt you. Hugo Drax, who is the bad guy in Moonraker, played by Michael Lonsdale, was in one of my favorite films, Munich. Wow. Ooh. Remember that movie, Munich? Yep. It's kind of like a spy movie. It was, a, it was like a really good James Bond movie. Yeah. Is it R? It's definitely R. Yeah. And based on a true story. That's very cool. Like the Bob's Burgers episode, Housetrap. Hey, ask Blake what Moonraker means. You break the moon? No. What does it mean? Blake, what does Moonraker mean? Moonraker means... Let me just think back on my memory and it? not put it into Firefox. I think it meant, it meant like ignorant fellow. What's a Moonraker? Well, Otto, a moonraker is a stupid or silly person said to refer primarily to one who, mistaking the moon's shadow and water for a cheese, set himself to rake it out. Wow. There you have it. That's very, very specific. What? No. (laughs) (laughs) Other than just being a really cool word, that's amazing. So, Otto, there were a lot of really cool gadgets. I know you watch a lot of really cool shows. Were you inspired by any of the cool gadgets that he had, like the little wrist rocket thingy? Or oh, the wrist dart gun? Yeah. The yeah. The, how about the perfume flamethrower? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. You spin me right around. Oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. There was that scene that. where they introduced <laughs> the wrist dart rocket, and I, I feel like it was the exact next scene. He needed that, that exact yeah, thing. He did. It's like that like, thing wow, in poorly like, designed video. How convenient video. is that? Yeah. It's the thing in bad lazily designed video games where they give you a cool tool and then you immediately need to use it. Exactly. Yeah. It's like, oh, we're going to preface this just a little bit, but that's okay. The uh, the amazing thing is, is he survived going some obscure amount of G-forces round and round and round in a accelerator thingy that they test astronauts with. Mm-hmm. I'm not dizzy at all. Oh, he got up and like <laughs> just about fell over. He, he should have fallen over. There's no way he could have gotten up. Yeah, he, he would have been passed out. He walked off 13 G's like it was nothing. I mean, this yeah. is Bond. James Bond. <laughs> yes. My name is Bond. James Bond. <laughs> totally uh, amazing. Um, what a great movie. Favorite scene, everybody? Favorite? Or favorite let's go favorite location. What was your favorite? Because there was a lot of really beautiful locations in this movie. Yeah. I was um, surprised like how well, it, how beautiful it was. I think mine might be the place when there's like some city underwater kind of thing. Venice. Oh, yeah. Venice. Oh, yeah. That's a he, good one. He had the gondola that turned into, it had like an air float thing. I it went up about on that the. Thing. Oh, yeah. yeah. It turned into and a And also the art museum. Yeah. yeah. In the art where they, museum. Where the glass got all broke. That's Mine, awesome. Mine's where Jaws fell in love. Oh. I forget the location, but where he met that, that, that lady with the Brazil? glasses. That was Brazil? I yeah. think Brazil, so. Rio? I think so. Space. Yeah. 
That was <laughs> Rio. He met her in Rio. He was. They fought in Rio. There, there was like they went to the warehouse to see if they had the evil stuff at the warehouse, and they did. They only found a coaster. Or That's a po- right. Or like a sticker or something. I couldn't tell what it was. How about you, Dan Randall? I liked the space station. The space station looked amazing. That was good. And they did some zero G stuff in it, and then they were. I was like ready to see like the lines of the know, strings like, yeah the strings <laughs> so i was line. like where's how are they <laughs> yeah because there's not they did spend silly fact they spent more on this film than they did on the five previous bond films together are you serious yeah holy cow on making it like because I, of all I the gotta, space scenes i gotta and know what the lightweight stuff that's like making like making covers of every single Beatles song in existence in one day that would yeah. cost a lot it was, it was holy cow not cheap <laughs> Randall, what was your favorite scene? Uh, there were two incredible. Well, one there was um, the gentleman's cave, mm-hmm. <laughs> the hotel, <laughs> the gentleman's where, cavern. Yeah, the gentleman's cavern. Right, the gentleman's cavern. Um, and I also liked Hugo Ma- Hugo Cracks. Hugo Drax. <laughs> Hugo Drax. <laughs> I liked Hugo uh, Drax's uh, techno man cave, where he was. Oh right. Yeah, it was just filled with screens. Yeah, and that a bunch was really of cool. dudes with what a good gear. villain. Screen break. <laughs> the headgear. Oh my god. The headgear and the minions were incredible. Like, oh, you mean the sparring helmets yeah, for did they kickboxing fall class? Down a lot? Yeah. Banana. Did they, did they just come out of banana. a kickboxing class? Yeah, they were banana yellowish. What, it's uh, that meme when you have to go to kickboxing class at three, but then fight Bond at four o'clock. <laughs> yeah. So the, the cool thing was, is so they were supposedly airtight, maybe, maybe not. I don't know. But they're like <laughs> running around the space station weightless in these banana out, banana vinyl outfits and with helmets on like they're supposed to be like, it's there's no air. I'm like, if there was no air, there would be no heat and you would be dead. Yeah. Because there's no insulation. It's a piece of plastic. File that under the uh, the goof section of IMDb. Yeah. Well, no, I mean, most Bond films, you do know that you have to suspend some belief. Oh, because of, of the gadgets and because of, well, you know, you have a boat. And uh, in my second favorite scene was the Florida Everglades. Because the they chased him. Everglades. He was yes. on that boat. That Florida. boat scene took 15 minutes. Yeah, I went to go do the dishes. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> like this that's is right, an incredible you did long for a while. movie. <laughs> and it, it was. It was like over two hours, right? It's, it was, it was a, two it hours was, and six minutes. It was that's a, such a long movie. <laughs> the boat. It was still good. Yeah, the boat scene though. I'm like, they he started in Venice, and then they they fast forwarded like, hey, we're gonna go track him down somewhere else, and they go somewhere else, and it's like, oh wait, this got shot in the floor. I, I recognized it instantly. I was like, there's no place in California like this, unlike the various movie lots that they would fly the little <laughs> helicopter over. And oh, you're like, am man. I supposed to believe that's not a film lot? That's, <laughs> it that's like one. That's a smart way to save on costs so they can spend it everywhere else, apparently. Roger Moore was in seven Bond movies. Yes, what? Was. Live and Let Die, 1973. Wow. The Man with the Golden Gun, 1974. The Spy Who Loved Me, 1977. Moonraker, 1979. For Your Eyes Only, 1981. And Octopussy, 1983. And... A View to Kill. One. A View to Kill. I think A View to Kill was the best one. I like. You think one. it was the best one? I think. Out of those, yeah. Okay, so wait, you're saying they spent more on Moonraker. Yeah, than the previous than five. the previous five. So yep. The Spy Who Loved Me, and Golden Gun, Live and Let Die, Diamonds Are Forever. Mm-hmm. Oh, that was a good one. Wait, 1969? Yeah. That's the one we should have watched because we watched that horrible James Bond knockoff film in the last episode. Her Majesty's yeah. a pretty nice girl, but she does have a lot to say. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Me in the parallel universe favorite. watching James Bond. Skip all the action, just go to the dialogue. Skip all the action, <laughs> go to the dialogue. Yeah. That sounds like a cool version uh, across the multiverse of you. I mean, you're, this one's cool, but that one sounds fun too. 
So this film was pretty good, but there were cliche moments like when they have to introduce Drax and he's playing the piano just to show how bad he is. Oh, yeah. yeah Contrast the, it with how good he can play the piano. Yeah, that was, that was epically ironic and awesome. I love it. The house he lived in? Oh, my God. It was like a palace. <laughs> but they brought it stone by stone from France. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. And at, at least some of the, the Bond girls, as, as they would be, that were either CIA agents or just like or the pilot. A who, scientist? Scientist, yeah. Then Ho- the, Holly Goodhead? Yeah. Which, classic Bond girl name. Yeah. There really was, fun. There was some great nonchalant killing in this film. There was. There like was just, when they were at the... When they were shooting skeets or pigeons yeah. or whatever. It was, and yeah, it wasn't clay pigeon. It was real pigeon. They were real <laughs> pigeons. And pheasant. They were pheasants. And Drax had one of his guys taking aim at Bond and Bond... Just drops him. Just drops him. He's like, oh, you missed, Mr. Bond. Oh, did I? Oh, did I? And the guy just falls out on cue. <laughs> I'm going to pretend that I didn't do that. Goodbye. I, uh, it's crazy how all the gunshots sounded like kazoos, right? Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, that's when, yes. that's when Bond shot that guy. It's wild. <laughs> totally wild. <laughs> hey, let's, um, let's go to commercial. Got some commercials? <clears throat> Got some commercials, Blake? Nice. Hello there. My name is Q, and have I got a deal for you. If you've seen any Bond film, you're aware of the wonderful gadgets that get Bond out of trouble that he gets himself into. What you're not aware of is the budgetary restraints placed upon myself when creating, testing, and putting these gadgets into the field. Not a lot of uh, extra funds to protect the majesty. How do I circumvent the issue of funds for the next Bond mission? By opening my own used gear emporium. We have everything the enterprising young spy needs. Dealing with a loathsome large insect, the dagger shoe. Perfect for a kicking cut followed by a cutting remark. Find yourself submerged in dangerous waters on that trip to Cabo? The underwater jetpack is the perfect accessory to escape that hungry shark. A work colleague kept telling a dreadfully boring story? Pretend to check your time and then fire a nerve paralyzing dart from the wrist knotted dart gun. That pesky Gerald is now asleep on the job. Well done, 009. Please do come down to Q's used gadget emporium. We'll spot you coming with our portable periscope. I can't believe a periscope is considered a Bond gadget, but it said so in the Wikipedia. What can you do? <laughs> yeah, mate. That's a good one, mate. Yeah, it's just, make sure to ask for our, our employee, Gerald. I'll give you all my cupcakes. But please stop bringing cupcakes to work, Gerald. It's not a place for cupcakes. <laughs> Maybe some pasta. We'll talk off air. <laughs> All right, welcome back. Thanks for listening and hanging in there, everybody. Uh, Otto, it's all your show at this point now because you have some amazing Jones sodas to give us a detailed explanation on how you thought the sodas were. Did they go with the film? And, mm-hmm. and what was your overall take? Were they just like too too flavorful, not flavorful enough, or what? What's going on? Um, it was unbelievable. Jones, well, I'm having the clear one right now. The cream soda? The cream soda. Yeah, the yep, that one. I think it all fit well with the movie, the three ones that I had. This film was kind of ridiculous, and I think these sodas are a little ridiculous because you had the green apple flavor, the strawberry lime soda flavor, and the orange flavor. In the sea. Yes. <laughs> oh, you're out. We we had a few oh, a little wow. bit left over that, that he's becoming very sugar oriented at this moment by yeah. pounding down these. <laughs> I think we're cutting you off, buddy. You've been cut off. Yeah, the tasted like um, loosening the sky with diamonds, listening to loosening the sky with diamonds, I'm, I'm mixing Coke, Fanta, Pepsi, Dr. Pepper, blueberries, and strawberries. 
So you've been talking a lot. You've been dropping a lot of Beatles reference, and I don't think anybody has any clue. But do you want to plug your new podcast? (gasps) It's called R&O Beatles on Anchor. On Spotify. Yes. R&O Beatles podcast. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You talk a lot of Beatles. You talk a lot of Beatles. We just talk all about Beatles. It's just all Beatles stuff because someone's obsessed. Yeah, any Beatles stuff that's related, that's pretty much all we talk about. That's pretty awesome. (laughs) I'm going to start listening because I don't know anything about the Beatles except the Wacka Warner sounds like Ringo. He does. Oh, gosh. I love that show so much. The really cool thing is, is... We didn't get to try any of these sodas, only you did. So that was the really awesome part. So you and you alone can give us the thumbs up or thumbs down on these. Thumbs up, thumbs yeah, down. should I get these when I go watch another Bond movie? Yeah, mate. Which one? Should, which one out of all of them? Um, probably the clear one. The cream soda. The cream soda. Yeah. Awesome. It's sophisticated, like Bond. Oh, yeah, mate. Okay. Get fun, like the movie. Is there a, a cool picture on this cream soda bottle? Yeah. What's the, what picture should I look for, Otto? Yeah. It looks like a boat, mate. No, it's the Space Needle. Oh, that's cool, mate. Right? Oh, Space Needle. That sounds awesome. Yeah, yeah mate. So For the color, I have to get that green one, though. Yeah, they're all really cool. Most grocery stores carry them. They're not super expensive. but uh, So, Jones Soda, you submit your photos, uh, any photo, black, white, color, whatever, um, or black and white. And you'll be able to uh, usually one. It's only one or the other. Yeah, sometimes both. Don't Uh, send an all white photo. That's just a blank (laughs) slate. (laughs) Yeah, you can put Beatles footage in. I mean, Beatles photos. That's right. I I think it has to be. Yeah, send a picture of the white album and watch you get sued. (laughs) (laughs) White white square. They've probably already done that because that's funny. Yeah, I'm sure they can sue for that. Yeah. Yeah. Joan Soda, good stuff. I'm I'm glad that you were able to try all these because I'm very jealous because I. You know, I'd love to drink them, but I, I must watch my weight. The green one would be great with vodka. Just saying. Ooh. <laughs> green apple. Mm. Very nice. Okay. <laughs> All right, Blake, you want to take us to a commercial before we uh, talk about some beers <laughs> real quick? Of course, of course. Between diving out of planes and sabotaging aerial tramways, it's hard to be a jet-setting villain and keep my steel teeth clean. Hi, I'm Jaws from The Spy Who Loved Me and Moonraker. I've been asked by hundreds of people, before I killed them, how do I maintain my steel teeth? I can assure you, it wasn't easy. Steel and teeth separately are difficult enough, but then combine the two, it bites. <laughs> but then I discovered Rustoleum toothpaste, the only toothpaste on the market made to me to keep mouth copper clean and shiny. Boy, I should have written this different. Nine out of 10 dentists agree, and four out of five body shop workers agree, Rustolium toothpaste is the toothpaste to combat gingivitis, plaque, and rust. Take a bite out of steel tooth decay today. That's awesome. I loved that. <laughs> That's like professionally written and everything. From from the start, my whole thing was just do your voice, just talk like <laughs> Hi there, I'm Troy McClure. Brought to you by Blake O Company. He fell from the sky in the first scene of this movie and I just landed, kept going and landed in a circus net. What are the odds? Oh, and like, you know what? He saved his saved Bond's he ass. Saved, he saved him, yeah. That's right. Yeah. He has a fun turn. space station, he, yeah. This, he has the most growth. This movie's about Jaws. And Bond was like, much. As, as, as Jaws and his girlfriend were drifting away in the exploding space station towards Earth, and Bond was safely in a spaceship, Bond was like, oh, don't worry. Jaws will be fine. <laughs> and the space station made kind it to of, Earth yeah, and they right. got rescued. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So he can come back and He's, get hired you know, again to come after him. If he again. can fall from the sky and land in a net, he'll be fine for falling All right, from space. Real quick, yes. just make a quick note going to spec write a Jaws origin story. Yes. Uh, Otto, if you could do the music oh, yeah. for me, it'd be great. Okay, <laughs> awesome. I'll do that. Starting now, here's the music. Doom, doo, doo. It's Jaws, baby. It's Jaws, baby. <laughs> 
don't know. Right on. <laughs> okay, so thanks for hanging out with us still, everybody. Uh, we're going to move on to discussing these two beers that we had. We uh, Because we knew we were watching Moonraker, I wanted to, to grab a couple of space, quote-unquote, space-oriented beers. We uh, started with, uh, I think, well, one of them's local and one of them's not so local. One's down in Eugene and one's just down the street. So the first one we had was not necessarily what I would call a, an amazing beer, but I think Blake liked it more than I did, and that was the Starburst IPA from Ecliptic Brewing. Oh, yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a solid beer. It's not incredible. It's not awful. It's just... Yeah, it's a little bigger. It's, I, it sounds like I'm downplaying it, saying it's bad. It's a good beer. The best way to describe it is, if you don't know what you want, it's a good beer to pick up. It, it has citra and pine, so it's a typical Northwest-style IPA. It's not mm-hmm. like East Coast or Old School West Coast. It's, it's a Northwest-style hop. It's got citra, mosaic, centennial, and Simcoe, so it's going to have a little bit of fruit on the mid-palate, but it's definitely going to have that sharp pine up front and a little bit of citrus on the back, and that's how I kind of remember it. It's going to be really bright and forward, and it is, a, again, a bigger beer. It's at like 7.8% and 75%. That was 7.8%? That was a, they're both it big It doesn't beers, taste like yeah. it. Wow, it did not taste like it at all. Real quick, yeah. Dan, hops, like there's different versions all across the world, right? Like yes. you can, like I could. They change year to year and flavor profile slightly. Ah, that's cool. Because it's a plant. It changes. Yeah. You can only, you can only control it so much, but yeah. <laughs> I'm going to start a, I'm going to brew some beer with all hops from the uh, Southern Eastern States called the, the Mason Dixon beer line. <laughs> they don't. They don't actually grow hops on that part of the, no. the U.S. Sorry. This is why what if you had a greenhouse. If you had a greenhouse, you had a greenhouse you this is why my brewery's failing. Yeah, we did that, and this was a really long movie, so we tried not to drink them very fast. But I think we yeah. each probably had one or more of that. I had two of that one. That was delicious. Yeah. And I bad. even I had a lot of beers in this movie. I don't. I usually yeah. don't drink a lot, but yeah, you limit it pretty well. Yeah, I did not limit it. I had two of that and. To the next one. Yeah, Randall, thoughts next... on that first beer other than you just, it was good? I was shocked at how strong it was because yeah. it didn't taste like a big beer. It tasted just, it was delightful. I think it went really well with the enchiladas afterwards that we mm-hmm. made. I actually had one during dinner. Um, and I would drink, I would drink this again with another Bond film, I think. It was, uh, it was interesting. I think it went well with it yeah. as well. Good deal. The second beer that we had, Alpha Centauri Imperial IPA by Hot Valley Brewing. So, Again, Boo Hiss, they sold out, but hey, they're distributing <laughs> all over the U.S. now, so I can't complain. They're, they make the, good beer. It's consistent. Yeah, whatever. The casual nature of you saying Boo Hiss, just, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> These two beers were purchased. Uh, I had had both before. I knew what they were. I bought them because of the name, simply because it was like space-oriented film. Let's get something that has space in the, the name of yeah. it. And the, the logo, the can and bottle, Hot Valley Beer is in a bottle because it is a big, old, as Imperial 9%, 100% IBU. Really, really great fruit forward. A uh, little bit of fruit, like, I, I guess you'd say, like almost peachy-like peaches. I got a little peaches on it. And it had that kind of, I'm a big beer, sugary softness to it i guess it would be the the way i would mm-hmm. express it yeah it was definitely a lot different from the first one in my opinion not didn't care for it as much yeah double ipas usually have twice as much sugar because they have twice as much alcohol in them that makes sense yeah. uh, okay like I, how many grams are we talking about like as lots. much as a coke yeah really yeah there was as much as a coke of Whoa. sugar in that um probably like close 40 grams we could sh- we could wow. google it yeah well i mean it's so the but sweet it's, it's it's not the same kind of sugar, though. Correct. Right, okay. 200% of sugar. Yes. <laughs> that sounds about right. The math checks out. I enjoyed the second one probably because I was like on the uh, tail end of feeling good. 
<laughs> I was like, oh, I think I like this one more because, well, I don't really care anymore. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, I do care. <laughs> it's all right. Thoughts on the second beer? I think I would have liked it if I was eating. It tastes like a beer that would have gone well with a meal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I didn't. I'm also just biased towards the ecliptic beers. I go to the local 7-Eleven to get, and they usually carry uh, ecliptic. So uh, if I'm just looking for something to grab and have the house late, buy us towards Ecliptic. Yeah, it's a safe bet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and I think it's their flagship IPA too. So they always have yeah. it year round. And the the same with the uh, the Alpha Centauri. That's a year round, but it's again a big giant crazy beer. Thoughts on the beers, Randall? Yep, not my favorite. Uh, definitely not my favorite. Knowing how much sugar is in that thing, because I like to watch my sugar intake for the most part. Yeah. I agree. Bigger beers. Yeah, I like to watch and my sugar intake chugging, go up. Chugging soda saying, yep, let's sugar. <laughs> chug, chug, chug. Exactly. Yeah. Looks like you've you've brought up our favorite time of the show, which is movie keyword beer name. I, movie keyword beer name game. I uh, listen back damn, to these and I still it. can't remember this. <laughs> so basically, uh, if you do look at IMDb ever and you look at the film, you'll scroll down partway on the description of the film, scroll down the page, doom scroll a little bit, and you will find this thing called keywords. And these are the frequency of phrases or words as they show up in the film. So the more frequently yeah. they show up, the higher they'll be on the list. For all you beer makers out there, we're doing branding now. Yes. So come hire us. Dan is an excellent designer. I've worked in advertising. And Blake's, Blake's here. Blake's a funny writer. Yes. We can do this. And we have a kid to do our art direction. Exactly. We're going to take a stab at this. There, there's a lot of really interesting um, yeah. keywords. So so basically, we pick out some keywords and say, what beer would that be? Yeah, what would that beer taste like? Safe Cracking Samba. Oh, what is the Safe what Cracking Samba, safe Dan? Safe Cracking Samba. That that would have to be mm. something complex. So, so you could do like a spicy beer. Because I think when you say samba, I think like dancing and yes. spicy. And, and then safe cracking just has a really got to yeah. be pr- precise and harsh, you know, so it's sharp. Is it the safe cracking samba dancer? Or is See, it I was thinking safe more samba? sour for the samba. Uh, like a light, e- you know, easy drinkable kind of thing. Yeah. Something to take sips of while you're doing, while you're shaking your, your, your uh, posterior on the dance floor. Mm, I like it. Yeah, nice. How about the laser cannon horseback riding? <laughs> So, <laughs> I'd like a I'd like a bottle of that, please. I want to I want a keg of that, please. Yeah. Come on. So so I'm gonna I'm gonna rely upon a recent beer that we just tried, which Blake wasn't necessarily a fan of, but I liked, and I learned something about it after I posted posted it on on like one of those social media things, and found out that uh, so it was a porter that I thought was aged on Pinot barrels, mm. but they had actually used the Pinot skins. Oh, yeah. yeah. I liked it okay. And so it was interesting. It was a whiny kind of have that fruit approach with acidity up front on top of a porter. And porters can be flavored with different fruits yeah, and stuff, yeah. but this was like a hybrid. It was like wine and beer at the same time. It's a day walker, um, if you will. Yeah. Oh, yeah. How about the orbital reentry sexual innuendo? <laughs> Uh, How are you winning this round? (laughs) (laughs) What kind of beer is the orbital reentry sexual innuendo, Dan? Um, That would be like a Kolsch. That would be super. I can just hit that and hit it and hit it and not worry about it. (laughs) Nice. Yeah, I'd like to order one slow motion need in the crotch, please. (laughs) Yeah. Or so. So I've seen a few up here that are actually really interesting. So so the dart thing because that stuck out so much and he used it like multiple times. The dart thing was a big. 
yeah, the big dart. feature of this film. At Just, least twice. Yeah. Which is, I feel like his gadgets usually make an appearance and then he's done. Like, all right, we're good. Got well, this wait, part of the it game. It was one time when he was testing it. Yep. Mm-hmm. And then the next scene when he needed it to escape all the G's. Yep. Yep. In the circular. And they used it like later in the film. And then he used it somewhere else. Where was it? I don't remember. Anyways. Uh, he shot a dude, I think, in the elevator. Oh, right. Something like that. Mm-hmm. I love the, the the word dart in and of itself, mm. and then there's, I, I, there's I've like, been eyeing that dart word. I'm trying to. I, I'm like dart sliding down a pole. Ooh. Is this relevant? Yes, it is relevant. Love at first sight dart. How about know. the weightless dart? The weightless dart. Ooh, oh, that's I a like good that. one because you know without air. Yeah, right. The dart's just going to keep going and going just and going. Keep going. What what bra- what style of beer is a, a that? What beer just keeps going? That would be an IPA. A really super, Ooh, a super true. hoppy, bitter IPA that just kills your taste buds. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I, I would yeah. say like a Russian River Consecration or something that's so extremely bitter that it's going to destroy your, it's what's called a palate wrecker or a palate destroyer, mm-hmm. where it just, it's so, it's so bitter or it's got so much acid on it from what they aged it on that it's just horrible. But some <laughs> people like it because they want to be challenged. They're, they're mm-hmm. like, I can see something in this beer that makes it worth drinking. Desecration, consecration. There's, they make four different beers that are along those lines, and mm-hmm. they're super, super expensive and rare. To, well, not rare, but they don't release them very often because mm-hmm. they, they're weird beers. All right, I got my last one for the show. Gask Mask Doberman Pinscher. Uh, yeah, I don't know about that one. That's like a... Yeah, something. I win. So Doomsday... <laughs> like a 40. Doomsday Brewing here in Vancouver, yeah, Washington. It's a, it's a malt liquor. I, I, I want to say I've seen yeah. either a sticker or one step a down logo. From Thunderbird wine. They had, I think, a dog that had a gas mask on in one of the, either a can or a logo I, design that, or something. That visual sounds so familiar. I, I want to say I've seen it because they have, a, a lot of their stuff is dog oriented as well, as well as Greens of Wrath Brewing does a lot of skulls and animal yeah, kind of yeah. thingies and lots of gas masks. It's pretty cool, you guys. Metal. So so I would say just like a, a West Coast IPA is something mm-hmm. typical because they, they Nice. But that's what those breweries do really well. Just real old school standard IPAs. What do you guys think James Bond would drink? If it if he can't get his martini, if he had if he's at a local brewery, mm. yeah, what's he he's trying mean? to charm the local the, the artist in residence with her dreadlock sound to her butt and playing guitar in the corner. And uh, <laughs> sleeves of tattoos. What's Bond ordering? Whatever she's drinking. Ah, there you go. Hey, That's the right answer. Well played, Dan. Yep. Well played. He's he's not going to order he goes, anything. He's I'll have order. what she's having. Yes, I'll have what she's having and then not actually drink it. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of sexual innuendos in this film. Yes, there was. With zero gravity involved. With And a centrifuge. Next you know. level. Yeah, next level stuff, dude. A lot of good plot keywords in here. Hey, yeah. Otto, get over here. We're going to close out the episode, Otto. Any any final thoughts that any you can share thoughts? with us? James Bond, thumbs up, thumbs down. Yeah. You didn't li- you didn't like it? I, I loved it. You <laughs> didn't love film? it? Okay. Yes, I loved it. I just did a ra- random one. I right. love it. Thumbs up on the sodas. You liked them all, yes. or you like the, the the dark, the clear cream soda one the best, right? Awesome. Yeah. Very cool. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna get that sometime this week, and uh, and they'll know what uh, Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds is like. Yes. Yeah. It'll take you to that special place. Ah. Yes. So. <laughs> As either drinking non-alcoholic or drink water, please hydrate. Hydrate or dihydrate, Bond. Ba-dum, bum, ba-dum, yes. bum, ba-dum, ba-dum. Drink, drink things that are not alcohol while you're drinking Drink alcohol. water. Drink water. Yes. Drink blood. Drink, uh, well, hold on. Whoa, what? No, it's not vampire. Oh, hold come on. on. <laughs> Crazy. All right. And uh, the opinions expressed during the taping of this podcast were those of the host. And my name is Jake Burske. I want to thank you all for hanging out and listening to us. And I want to thank our wonderful co host and our special Oot. correspondent, Otto. 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 This is Blake. Right. This is Randall. 
Take care, everybody. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. Ciao.